Hey, welcome to the Birthing Experience, where we help coaches birth their mastery. Every week, we bring new episodes to help you master your mindset, messaging, marketing, and money. Follow us on social media at The Birthing Experience Show to continue the conversation. Here's your host, the master midwife. Hello, 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 everyone. How are you? Let me get up in here and make sure that you guys can hear us and see us here. Welcome to episode 12 of the Birthing Experience. I am so excited because it is another Master Midwife moment and I have another amazing guest with us tonight. So I can't wait to introduce her. Um, I'm gonna take a moment to share this video out. And those of you who are here with me live, please take a moment to share it out as well, okay? All right, so I just want to get this out into my group. Definitely want to get it there. And awesome. All right, so hi guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the birthing experience. It is your host, Neola Phillip, the master midwife for coaches. And I'm so excited because it is episode 12. Okay, we I was just telling Obiyama, our guest here, I can't wait to introduce her. I was just telling her how, oh my goodness, girlfriend, we made it to episode 12. <laughs> and I'm so excited to bring you guys content every week, Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, to help you master your mindset, your messaging, your marketing, and your money. We also like to do a special segment called Master Midwife Moments, where we get to bring a guest that comes out and share all about their story, their journey, and their expertise. So today, we have the phenomenal, <laughs> the beautiful, <laughs> Obiyama Martin, okay? She is, a, she's here in Philadelphia like me. She is a speaker. She is an author. She is a, a accountability coach. She has several businesses. She's a mom and she has a story. So I cannot wait for her <laughs> to tell you all about her. Hey, Obiyama, how you doing, darling? How you doing, girl? <laughs> <laughs> I am... So excited for us to finally have this conversation. Um, I've known you for some years now. I have okay. been inspired by you. As a matter of fact, I remember the first time we met, I came to a class yes. that you did here in Philadelphia. Um, so it's been a long time and I'm just happy to be able to share your story with my audience because I believe that so many people are going to be inspired tonight. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's jump in. Okay. Let's jump into the good stuff. I'll say hello to everybody in a few minutes. Um, Obiyama, tell everyone who is Obiyama. Listen, I am just a girl. <laughs> Like, you, you know what, here's the thing. Um, what I found is that you really can feel like you're not enough, right? You, you really can feel like 
you are nothing special. And the reality is for me, you know, I kind of felt like I was really just a girl. I was just, I, I was just, you know, somebody kind of going through the motions or, or going through life on autopilot. And even though um, it appeared that I had it all together and it appeared that I was doing the daggone thing, um, sometimes we can get caught up in the smoke and mirror. And sometimes the pedestal that other people put us on is it becomes too overwhelming for us to stay on it. Um, and even though I didn't put myself on, on the pedestal because I was put there, I felt like I had an obligation to uphold the perception that people had of me. Yeah. And the reality is I'm, I am no different than you. I just made a decision to step out and to take action and to believe in myself and to really believe in the message that I had to share. And, and you know, at the end of the day, when you're passionate about something, you want the world to know about it. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. And so when I say I, I'm just a girl, like I really am a person that have things that I'm really passionate about. And when it comes to making sure that other women um, have a breakthrough or that they get the same clarity that I got, I'm really passionate about making sure that that comes through. And right. so when I was in a dark place and I, and I got to the other side of that dark place, I then became passionate about making sure that other women who experience what I experienced know that there is hope, know that there is, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel, knowing that, you know, even though you are a business owner or even though you are a mom or even though you are a sister or whatever your title is, that you are not exempt from life, but the story doesn't end there and that you are the author and finisher of your faith and you just have to make a decision to be your own rescue. And so when I say I'm just a girl, like I'm just a girl who made a decision that what I was experiencing was not going to be the end all. Yeah. You know, like I just made a decision, like even though I'm struggling, it got to be a better way. Victory got to be on the other side of this, even though it don't look like it. I needed to figure out where victory was find out people who was victorious, connect with them so yeah. that I could change my mindset and come up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I love how you say that. First of all, I want to touch on how you said, you know, you got put on a pedestal. And sometimes when we get put on a pedestal, we're, we're not even ready for it yet. But it gives us, sometimes that alone gives us the push that we need to break through and keep going. So I love how you said that. We are, we are all just a girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? We are all just a girl, right? And we all have that message that is meant for other people. So I love that. So since we started there, let's, let's continue there. Tell me about a time. And I hope that you share the story that I think you're going to share. But... <laughs> Um, but tell me about a time when you found yourself at a place where you had to push through. Okay, so are you talking about, because I got a whole lot of those, so are you, you talking about a story I shared in my book, or? I'm talking about the story that fueled your businesses. 
So, so there's a few, actually, there's a few. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the story that kind of got me into the empowerment space with women. I'll talk about that one. And so um, what got me there was my birthday. And so my birthday is Monday, March 25th. And, and everything that I do, everything that I have done over the last six years has been connected to that because the narrative prior to 2013 was very dark, was very depressing. Um, I was married and my ex-husband would often not show up on my birthday. He would often um, make uh, empty promises and, and really leave me just stuck, like literally stuck like we would make plans to go somewhere and he just would not show up. And I remember specifically um, one particular year, and I want to say it was probably 2009, 2010, where uh, it was my birthday. I was on a campus at Chestnut Hill College in my last year of my bachelor's degree program. And I had made uh, plans to hang out with my girls from for my birthday, go out to dinner or whatever. And he was supposed to pick me up when mm -hmm. class was over and he didn't pick me up. Now, my reservations was at three o'clock in South Philadelphia at this Italian restaurant. I'm all the way in Chestnut Hill. And so for those of you who are not familiar with Philadelphia, that's a, that's a stretch. Yeah, okay? <laughs> yeah. Stretch, a good, you know, hour or whatever. And I, remen I remember feeling like, I got to change this narrative. I, I I got to change this narrative. Like a shift is going to have to happen or I'm going to kill him or like, mm -hmm. I, I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. And at that time, him and I was in business together and, and the business that we had together focused on uh, coaching and consulting childcare owners and helping people open up childcare businesses and uh, child development and all that kind of stuff. Right. But when it came to the empowerment, I had to first empower myself. And so I did not, in 2013, I did not have a sister village. I did not have, you know, um, I, I just didn't have the supportive systems in place because my ex was also extremely jealous and competitive. It was, it was just a very toxic. That so many women situation. are dealing with. Oh my yeah. God. It was so toxic. And so I did not know. So for me, in, in all transparency, I was like, I, I just need to do whatever I need to do to keep the peace in my home. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, I just went along with it. I, I lived on autopilot. I was like, whatever, I don't want no problems. But it was a problem. It didn't matter whether it was a male or female. If I was hanging out with my mom, it was a problem. Like, like that. it was that type right. of thing. And so on my birthday now, 2009, 10 or whatever, when he didn't show up, uh, instead of me just being like really depressed, like I, I usually get, I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to get from Chestnut Hill to South Philly. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Right. And I did that and I met up with my girls and I, of course I cried, right? Cause I was heartbroken and devastated. Like you fool, why did you think he was going to show up? But like you, my husband, why wouldn't you show up? You know what I'm saying? And so long story short, 2000, fast forward 2013, I um, decided for my birthday, because now my daughter is going away to college and I decided for my birthday to have a ladies night out. Uh -huh. And 
I, uh, two weeks prior to my birthday, um, at this point, I have a state-of-the-art training center. I'm in Northern Liberty section. I went through the phone book, literally, and cold called, I don't even know how many people. And on the day of my birthday, I had over 100 women show up in 20 vendors. And it was like phenomenal to have all these women that I did not know that I literally went through the, the phone book and kind of cold call and the vendors paid to be there. The participants, right. the women that came, it, you know, it was free. Right. And it was such an amazing time. And so when it was over, everybody was like, oh my God, when are you going to have What this? are you going to do? Like, right. And this was for my birthday. Like this was me celebrating me. This was me pausing saying, you know what? You are worthy. You ain't got to wait for somebody to celebrate you. Celebrate yourself. Don't yourself right. You know what I'm saying? And so what happened was uh, it was such a cry for me to do it again. I was like, okay, so in June 2013, I did a smaller version of that same thing. I had all these women showed up July, women showed up August. And, next, and, and what was so authentic and unique is that the women started forming their own like Group. circle group mm. like without a speaker and just like loving on each other and sharing their stories and I was like oh my god and I remember initially my girlfriend was helping me and she was like oh my god you gotta see this you gotta see what's happening and I was too busy playing hostess I was like <laughs> right they getting it like I'm just glad they getting it and so after a while though I went from doing that every month to the, to the end of 2014, actually, and then um, I closed my building and I um, went on to my girlfriend's place, the personal chef restaurant. I grew uh -huh. that for two months and then I ended up at the Embassy Hotel. I think that's where- That's where we met, yeah. yeah. And so, and so now, 2015, I started Omar Women Supporting Women. I got right. 501-3 and that really has been a foundation you know, for what I do now, but now. It, it didn't start with, oh, I'm going to make some money. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't, it was me being my own rescue. It was me being my answer. It was me being my solution. And what's so unique about that, even now, the way that I serve, I serve women from what, what I need. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's so funny that you say that because one of the things that I'm always preaching here on the show is that, you know, our experiences, um, the things that we've been through that has been probably the worst experiences are the ones that deliver us. Um, and it's also the ones that we use to help other people. It's the ones that help us birth mm -hmm. our purpose and the things that we really want to do. So it does make sense. I remember when I first, you know, came here to Philly, I didn't, because I wasn't from here, and you know, Philly, Philly is tight now, okay? <laughs> so, so when I first came here, you know, I'm a businesswoman, but I didn't know anybody. Right. You know, I didn't know anyone besides some of the parents from my children's school, you know, and I said, I need to be around people like me. And that was the first thing that I thought too was, but the way yours happened is so authentic because it was just a birthday celebration yeah. and now it turned into a women's empowerment movement and I know that you're also um do do you still uh do something I think you were doing the welfare program for women can you tell me a little bit about that is it so a transitional still, program 
so I still so so let me tell you about that. Um, yeah, so I got stories for days. So what happened was I owned the daycare and um, I was looking for qualified staff and I was doing what I was told to do. I'll go to the welfare to work program, recruit from there. But as I did that, the individuals that I was getting was just not qualified. Okay. So um, 2005, I got into the training space because I was like, I need to really understand what they're not understanding (laughs) so that I can help them help me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so I got into just teaching in 2005, some foundational child development classes, but it wasn't until I became a director at somebody else's daycare. While, while I still had my own program, right. I became a director at somebody else's program and in walked a gentleman from one of the welfare to work programs. And they were like, you know, we want you to bring um, some of our candidates on. And I said, how about you let me train them? Train them, so this, right. This would cut down the turnover rate and it would make them more employable if they had some real skills and actually understood a little bit how children develop and learn. And so that yeah. was my pitch. He then took that pitch back to his boss. And then they then gave me an opportunity to provide 20 hours on a monthly basis to these candidates and I start getting them employed. Well, the within six months, they was like, we want the whole program. So the whole program was 120 hours. And it's a real credential that I teach today that is nationally recognized in all 50 states that allow you to work, work anywhere in the world, you know, working with children in the early childhood setting. And so I have evolved from doing it for one program to being in the school district and being in most of the daycares in the city know who I am like that is my niche but that was something that I was passionate about because I me being a mother Mm -hmm. you know and and having my own daycare and having my own children in my daycare and the other people daycares I'm watching how staff interact with the children I'm like I really need you to have some love in your voice. Like you're a little too harsh. <laughs> right, right. My son, I don't like the way you grabbing that child. I like, and so I just really became passionate about helping teachers understand how children develop. And so, it, you know, today I'm still doing that work. Mm-hmm. Today I'm still doing that work. And what's so amazing about it is that I have people who, um, I've worked with women who I've worked with who didn't even have a high school diploma and to then now in 2019 have them in my class in my bachelor's program you know what I'm saying like yeah for at the associate's degree level for Harcum and I've been at Chestnut Hill since 2014 and I'm telling you when I see somebody that I had who didn't even have a high school diploma walk into my college classroom and my bachelor's program. I'm like, look at God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they yeah. and they like, Miss Oh, I'll never forget what you taught me, how you helped me, how you poured into me. And so that right there, there's no greater reward to me than that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah, absolutely. So your mom. Mm -hmm. and you're also running several different companies and I know you also do um you 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 wrote a book called just breathe yes yes so where did that concept come from because I know that that's a a formula process that you help people with right so where did that come from that came out of my brokenness 
that came out of my brokenness. That came out of my despair. That came out of me really going through life, panting, being depressed and suicidal and re really ready to check out, like yeah. really ready to check out because it was just unbearable and I could no longer wear the mask. It, it just was too heavy. And I was just like, I, I don't know. I don't know. This ain't working and I'm tired. You know what I mean? I was just tired. And listen, here's the thing about it. I was a boss. Like, you got I'm saying like a, a real boss employees the whole nine and I was checking out because at home I was going through hell yeah and so the acronym breathe you know I had to learn how to believe in myself so that's the first word and breathe like I literally had to learn how to believe in myself and in that process of doing it though I had to learn how to believe God and believe what he said about me and who he said I could be and what he yeah. promised me. And I had to get in my word and begin to renew my mind. And then I had to learn how to release the things that was toxic, the yeah. toxic thinking, the toxic people, the toxic places, like all the things that were not serving me, the toxic conversations. Like I don't watch TV anymore because it's toxic. You know what I'm saying? Like scandal, uh, how to get away with murder that's toxic you got yeah. to be careful what you feed in your spirit because that stuff shows up you know what I'm saying so I had to get to a place where okay once I start believing in me I had to release those things that were no longer congruent or in alignment with who I was becoming yeah. then I had to embrace the journey because yeah. there was a journey ahead of me now that I was starting to think differently and act differently and walk differently. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it was, it, and it still is a journey. It still is a journey. Let me say that. And then I had to accept, and I'm still accepting people when they show me who they are and stop trying to make them be something that they're not. When they a liar, they a liar. That like, that's character. You can't make a you can't make a liar turn into somebody that's going to tell the truth. Like that's their character. That's who mm -hmm. they are. And when people lack integrity and you keep trying to give them chance after chance and they keep showing you like, I can't be trusted in that area. At some point you got to accept that's who they are. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then you have to accept who you are and stop beating yourself up from being who you are. You know what I mean? And so for me, I had to accept like, I am a giver. I love people. I love helping people, but I also had to accept the fact that some people will pray P-R-E-Y on my kindness and try to take advantage of the woman I am. And, and so I had to accept who they be. I had to accept who I am and find some boundaries. Yes. Right. So then I had to take action by putting some boundaries in place and start protecting my time as well as protecting my intellectual properties. You see what I'm saying? And then I had to heal. You know what I mean? Like, I really, really, really had to heal. And so I developed this thing called the Delete Ministry. Okay. And the Delete Ministry really helps me to have boundaries. Because I hear you. Once <laughs> I have, you know, once I have come to the place where I'm like, you know what? I'm good. Let me just add you to the Delete Ministry. So, so that for me is like, you know what? They showed you who they are. And you have to make a decision. 
how you want to engage if you choose to continue to engage. And so for me, once I add you to the delete ministry, like I'm done. Like I, that was I, I don't your your right. That was your take action. Like yeah, that was my take action. That was my drawing the line and saying like enough is enough. Right. Enough is enough. And we have to learn how to do that. We really do as women because naturally we are nurturers. Naturally, we are caregivers. Naturally, you know, we want to see other people succeed. Most of us do anyway. Right. Um, but there are are genuinely people out there who just want to take advantage, who who yeah. want to be a leech. You know what I'm saying? And those are the kind of people that I'll be having to add to the delete ministry. Like, I ain't got time to be <laughs> life out of me. Right. You know? No, I hear you. I hear you. And you know what? First of all, let's do it one more time because I was trying to keep up. So the B, okay, so everybody, the name of the book is called Just Breathe. Um, and this is not just a book. It is a process. It is exactly what Obiama went through to get where she is right now. So, okay. So the B is believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. R is release the, release the negativity, release everything that's not good for you. Right. Yeah. What is the E? Embrace. Embrace. Okay. And then the A is accept. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Then it's take action. Yes. And then you didn't finish. <laughs> heal. heal. H is for heal. Heal. Right. right. And so healing is a process as well. Right. Because as a business owner, you know, healing is twofold. As a business owner, I had to heal from the broken business relationships. I had to heal from people who said they was trying to be my partner or try to collaborate, but they really were still in my clients. Yeah, you yeah. I had to, and and I went through that over and over and over again with women. Yeah, yeah. I can I, I can resonate with that. Yeah, yeah. I had to heal from that. So then, when I come in relationship with you, you're not paying for the last sister that I trusted. And and a lot of people are punishing. Yeah. The women that are coming in their life now because of past experiences. I know I'm definitely one person that became very cautious because yeah. of those things. Yeah. Yeah, so I so I had to heal. And what that looked like is I had to forgive myself for being so vulnerable, forgiving myself for um, just, you know what? Like, don't beat yourself up for being who you are. Like, right. you can't change people, but you can change the way you allow people to impact you emotionally. Yeah. You can change the way you choose to engage with people and it's okay to still be a giver but you just need to have some boundaries right you know and I get mean? it and and I like how you you spell that out because it really touches every part that a woman you know like every emotion or transition that a woman goes through personally and through business another thing that I want to touch on that you said before when you were sharing your story with us is that it was so much stuff going on at home that it was like, I'm a boss, you know, I'm, I people have me on this pedestal, I'm doing what I have to do, but now these things that are happening at home is affecting me mentally. And I think that that's probably what even pushed you to say, okay, okay. like, you know, I, and I, I, I can understand that and a lot of women are probably there now. So tell me, what would you say to that woman? 
right? So, what would you tell them to do first? The first thing I would really encourage you to do is to get a village. You, ah. you got to get a get it village. You have to get a get it village. And a get it village is people, whether it's women or men, who really get your vision and your purpose and yeah. are willing to support you like that right there is a game changer because you can surround yourself or be around people who don't support you and yeah. they just don't see your vision. They don't understand. And because of that, they always have something negative to say when you start talking about your vision and, and the vision you have for your future or your business and the things that you're trying to do. And because God didn't give them that vision and they gave you that vision, it looks like hate. It looks like shade. Yeah. But the reality is, is they just don't have don't understand. Yeah. They don't understand right so don't mean that you got to put them in the delete ministry it just mean that you have to accept the fact that they are not meant to support you on your next level yeah that's all that means you know what i'm saying and so for me i say to you like that was the first thing i had to get from within my community if you will and literally i when i started traveling honestly when i when i went to my first conference out of Philadelphia. It was 2015. It was uh, with, um, oh my God, Allison Bird. Have you heard of her? Yes, of course. The Profit Accelerator. I went to my first conference, Texas, Allison Bird, and that right there changed, changed your life. Yeah. Oh my God, it changed the game for me. I was like, because prior to me going to that conference, everything that I had experienced in Philadelphia told me that I wasn't good enough. It really did. It really did. Like people, it, it just, it was just this constant, you ain't good enough. You ain't a part of this clique. You ain't a part of this group. You ain't part of it. Like it was constant rejection. I felt. Right. And you know what? To, to to add into what well not even to add in but to interject right there I think that this is something big in our industry that happens I know I experienced that with um beginning my women's empowerment company um but what I will say is as women we have to be strong enough like to do what Obiama did and start our own movement if people don't accept you, you <laughs> start the group of the, the, you know, the, the miss, whatever you want to call the outsiders, the group of the outsiders. Right, really, right. We have to be strong enough to realize that not everywhere is for us, but there are always people who need us. So yeah. if we step out and be what we needed, we will provide a better environment for ourselves as well as for the other women that are around us. And I think that that's what you did with Omar, Women Supporting Women. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and, and also I will say this, don't chase the numbers. Don't wow. chase the numbers. Don't, as a coach, as a author, as a speaker, do not allow numbers to impact your perception, your perception of your impact. Don't allow numbers to impact your perception of your impact, mm. of your effectiveness. 
yeah, don't do it. Don't, don't. do it because that that will have you in a in in a place you don't belong in. And and so I have to say because because I was so committed to being what I needed for me and showing up for me in a big way. When I tell you, sometimes it will only be one person. Sometimes it will only be two women. And I would talk to them and pour into them like it was a stadium uh-huh. for the women. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and, and so for me, that has been my consistency and that has been my journey because I didn't get into this because of numbers. numbers. And numbers are not what's going to sustain me. What I understand is that if I only impact if I only change, if I only transform one, I have made a difference in the lives of all of the people that that one is now going to influence. Because you only yeah. need to be impactful in one person's life to see the domino effect. You see what I'm saying? And so for me, I was like, I'm going to be what I need. If, if I can be the solution, if I can be what I need, if I can be my own answer and then show other women and, and help them and empower their voice and help them to find their voice, I'm still a difference maker. I'm still an influencer. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I refuse to allow low attendance at an event to discourage me from being who I knew I needed to be. I love you are touching on everything that you need to touch on today. Um, I said, I say this often, put people before numbers, um, especially in business, you know, because it's really about serving. um, And as you serve, the blessing seems to just come. It just, doors just starts to open, doors that you're not even looking for, or that you don't even think would happen. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, another thing that you said is, you know, you had one or two people, but you will still give them your all. And this week in my Facebook group, right, I was doing a challenge. And one of the things that I was telling them with like their, their, when they step out with their new message was that even if they had one person, that one would turn into 10. And the reason why I say that is because when you give all to that one that one becomes a loyal fan, becomes a friend, becomes a partner. um, And that one will share you everywhere. That one will be your biggest supporter. And that is, to me, that is better than any type of numbers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I say it all the time when I come up with these ideas, just being able to pick up the phone and talk to somebody means way more than numbers. So I love that you said that. Okay. So tips. Hey, Lois, how are you darling? Tips. Okay. So, so number one, Mm -hmm. remain authentic, remain Remain authentic. authentic. Okay. Do not, do not, because it's easy to do. It's easy to lose yourself because you think, because I've been here. I have to say, honestly, when I started, when I got to the place where I was ready to start charging, I didn't know where to begin because that wasn't my heart, Um, but it became such a demand. I had to start charging something, but for two years, I didn't charge anything. And the only reason why I started charging was was because I now had real overhead, right? And so Mm -hmm. since I, I, I entered that space where I needed to start charging to cover my overhead, I start looking at other people as an example to so that I could, you know, have a starting place or a foundation. And then 
I start thinking like, oh, well, maybe I need to do it like this, or maybe I need to mm-hmm. do it like that. And you can lose your authenticity trying to walk in somebody else's. You can also lose your purpose doing stuff that you that's not really meant for you to do. Yeah, absolutely. So you have to make sure that you keep your authenticity and that your why is always clear. So that when people look at you, it's never, oh, she just like so-and-so, that there's always a yeah. clear distinction in your message and your why and, and what you do. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. I think that's so, so, so important. And then the second thing I would say is have integrity. Like just have integrity. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like have integrity. Let, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Um, if you can't do something, say so. Don't, I'd rather you under promise and over deliver than over promise and under deliver because at the end of the day, it's your brand. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's your brand and word of mouth travel faster than than, than the speed of light. I'm telling you, (laughs) social media all day long, but somebody Mm -hmm. pick up the phone and be like, girl, (laughs) you done. done. Yeah. So, and then the third thing um, is communication. So I am an over communicator. Okay. And listen, as a business owner, as a boss, remember this, if it's not documented, it didn't happen Mm -hmm. because people forget what you say, let alone no matter how much you did, no matter how much you promise, no matter, people forget that stuff. As a business owner, when you can document what you agree to, right, and then there's a paper trail, there's an email trail, there's a document, there's a contract. When people start drinking that stupid juice, because I promise you they will, you can pull up that email you can pull up that paper trail and say baby go back to the contract because that's right. what we agreed to mm-hmm. so make sure your documentation is clear so then when things come up and people start like oh um you said you was going to do this or i pay for it. that's the classic thing. that's the I first one you usually hear right mm-hmm. i pay for let's talk about what you pay for let's go to the contract let's go to the agreement so those are my top three things All right, guys, you heard it. So, Obiyama. Thank you for listening to The Birthing Experience. If you liked our podcast, leave a review or comment and be sure to tune in next time.